What's up, everybody? It's your boy Vince Taki coming at you from the Nashville, the North, Brooklyn, New York. This is Two Tone Nation. Uh, missed you guys after the bye week. I uh, had about a week off there. wasn't really podcasting. Had nothing really much to talk about. But glad to be back on the mic following a huge 42 to 20 Titans victory over uh, hated division rival Jacksonville Jaguars, bringing us to a six and five record and pretty much knocking Jacksonville out of the discussion for for any sort of playoff hunt. Uh, it felt good. It was a dominating win. It was a real ass kicking. Um, I seem it seems like that happens about once a year at least against Jacksonville. Uh, came at a great time. Came off the bye. We looked good. Um, first half, just kind of shaking some rust off. And then the second half, third quarter especially, offense just totally exploded. I think I think we scored three touchdowns on three consecutive offensive plays. Um, Derrick Henry, obviously, the star of the show. Ryan Tannehill puts in an absolutely sick performance. Uh, super efficient with the ball. Four total touchdowns. And, and obviously, like, d- defense contained Jacksonville. Um, throughout the first half and 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 didn't didn't let them even sniff getting back into the game um, once once we built on a pretty substantial lead so you know after coming Tannehill era right now he's four and one um, and and a lot of football left to be played but has definitely been the spark that this offense needed uh, coming off the um, kind of two and four start from Mariota when we just weren't really moving the ball there was not a lot of offensive efficiencies at all. We're taking a lot of sacks, um, no real big plays, and and honestly, that that's that's really changed since since Ryan started taking over under center. He's been he's been really what he's he's been what he's been um, for for his entire time here since he since he started first against. Um, oh man, this is embarrassing. Who was it? He started against the Chargers. Um, in, in week seven, he's been he's been efficient. He's been safe with the ball overall, and he's been decisive. And he's uh, gotten the balls in, in the hands of, of our playmakers. And that's that's just what we've seen from Tannehill over the past few weeks. Though, just him him becoming even more confident in the offense, more command at the line of scrimmage, um, more more really making this team his own, which which is uh, you know the job of a quarterback. And and it's super impressive what he's been able to do here in, in just a short time frame. Um, I, I think that uh, hindsight, it's silly to look at hindsight and be like, oh, where would we be if Tannehill started the whole season? I don't want to have that conversation. Um, all I know is the guy has made an absolute difference since he's been here. Our offense is scoring, uh, I think, 26, 27 points a game um, since, since he's taken over. Obviously, 42 this week, 35 last week against against the Chiefs. Um, this is an offense that that um, isn't isn't so sluggish and laborious to watch uh, that we were seeing previously. Um, it's not a surprise when we get a first down. It's not a surprise if we're scoring on the drive. Tannehill has been absolutely uh, vicious in the red zone, um, and and we're 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 a totally new team right now. We're a totally new team, and you know he covered four touchdowns. On Sunday, um, two passing, one AJ Brown, which is really just a yards after the catch masterpiece from from our rookie receiver. Took a crossing route, um, the majority of the field, and, and just absolutely outran the Jacksonville Jaguars secondary. Uh, one was a little pop pass to, to Dennis Kelly on the one yard line, a little bit of trickery there. But then two was just Tannehill showing off the legs. Had about a twenty something yard scramble uh, where he made a physical play at the goal line to to leap over a Jaguar defender. Took a big hit, but 
you know, came down fortunately uh, safe and sound for, for a big six to start off the game. And then uh, even uh, out sprinted the, team, the defense to the pylon late in the game for a second rushing touchdown. Tano's been huge. And really the conversation around him now is, is uh, you know, how, how do we approach a potential extension with him? Um, obviously the franchise tag is always on the table. That's going to be one very, very pricey year. Um, there is the obvious, obvious apprehensions on if, if Tannehill can keep this going. Um, there still is a lot of the football left to be played. we got five weeks. We're going into the final quarter of the season um, pretty soon, and three of them are huge divisional games. But I, I think if we, we can somehow finagle a, a short-term deal that could – they could give them give them the the job for the next two years or so with the potential for a third if you can keep it up. I, I don't I don't see why we wouldn't, especially given the position we're going to be picking in the draft. We're definitely going to be within the mid mid picks. Um, not going to have an opportunity at at the at, at guy like Joe Burrow. Probably not an opportunity at Tua. Um, whether you like him as a pro prospect or not is is up to personal debate. But right now I'm at I'm at a position where you know we got a guy who who we don't have to worry about a rookie learning curve. Uh, this is a team right now that's built to win in in the near future. And we what we needed was a quarterback who was able to move the ball, be smart with the ball, and uh, make the plays when when they need to be made. Nothing super crazy. Never asking a quarterback to to carry the team, uh, which I'm not sure I'm not sure if Ryan would be able to do because he just hasn't really had to yet. That's out. That the jury's out on that. Obviously, his past doesn't really show that type of play from him. But again, we're kind of seeing a revised and rejuvenated Ryan Tannehill in two tone blue. So you never really know. Um, what I do definitely, I need to see this from Ryan. And this doesn't this, this doesn't necessarily mean like if it would if it would alter my level of investment of him in the future, um, because as long as his kind of level of play stays steady. And doesn't just totally fall off the face of the earth, which which I think would be unlikely. We have five huge games coming up. We're in the thick of a playoff rush, playoff run. Um, wild card would be tough, but the division right now is up for grabs. We play Indianapolis this Sunday, uh, and we have we have two games against Houston um, in, within our last three weeks. These those are must win games. Must win games. For us, for us to make the playoffs. This is a team that the objective is to make the playoffs. We need to win in the division. We need to beat these two teams that, that have really had our number over the past decade. Uh, and and, and we, we need Tannehill to, to perform in those games if we, if we expect to, to compete and to win. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about the future um, uh, future games uh, at the, later in the show. But, but uh, t- those are, these are huge, huge, huge games for Tannehill. Um, obviously, the Chiefs are a great team based on the teams he's plays, played. But now we're starting to play some big boy football because um, we're we're back in the hunt now. No longer a two and four team. We're in control of our own destiny, and and it's up to it's up to the guy, it's up to the twenty two guys out there on the field to 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 define how this season's going to end. Um, additionally, on offense, obviously this was this was uh, just another masterpiece. Uh, Jaguar, def- Jaguar destruction defining performance from Derrick Henry um, just absolutely picked up where he left off in in, in his 99 uh, yard run game from last year. Gashing up for huge runs uh, was a little was a little slow to start in the first half. But you can see Jacksonville starting to wear down even early. 
um, in the game uh, near, near the end of the first half. And it seemed like it was only a matter of time until Derek Rip went off, and, that, and that's exactly what he did. Um, got hit two tights on the game, uh, over 150 yards rushing. Just, just, a, just a sick performance from from this young man who's had a really, really nice season for us, and and it's going to be even more important to continue leaning on him, uh, moving, moving into this, moving into these cold weather games here uh, that we're that we're going to have in in December. And another another conversation just around contract talks is, is something that that's going to swirl. Uh, Derek Derek Henry is it's the running back position. It's not a position that a lot of teams are investing in nowadays. Um, understandable. The shelf life for these guys isn't very long, um, and and the performance of, of these of these running backs tends to really fluctuate year to year. Um, obviously, you saw Todd Gurley get a lot of money recently. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott this offseason, which was a huge storyline. We had Le'Veon Bell, who didn't really get a ton of money from from the Jets, but but was commanding more money from from the Steelers and didn't get it. Um, I. I I think Derrick Henry is is definitely in the upper echelon of running backs. Um, he, he's just he's just such an absolutely special player. Um, getting him in the open field is just a death sentence for opposing teams. But again, it's it's like how do you how do you pay this guy? How much do you give him? Um, you know, ten mil. It's it's it seems to be the issue where like ten million might not is not enough. Fifteen million is probably too much. So. Um, it's, it's, we, we hope to find like a happy medium in there somewhere, maybe like a four year deal or so, but I'm of the camp right now where it's like, pay the guy. Um, does he deserve, does he, it's a different question of, does he deserve, um, the type of, the type of like top, top, um, record breaking contract money that a Bayard and Luan got, um, is, does, does the position warrant it? And I'm not sure if, if the running back position warrants, just a complete breaking of the bank, but it's also hard to hard to um, argue that that we wouldn't be where we are right now without Derrick Henry. Uh, he's he's the heart. He's become the heart and soul of this team. Um, he's he's an absolute fan favorite, and he's he's gotten better year to year. Uh, this has been his most consistent season to date. I think we even could have got, done a much much better job of getting him the ball earlier this season. Uh, going back to the last Colts game. Uh, comes to mind when when we pretty much took him out in the fourth quarter after he was really rolling in the third, and in my opinion, that cost us the game. Um, I, I hope to see Derek in two tone for for the near future. He is he is an absolutely um, he's an absolute beast and an animal, um, and and he's he's the type of guy that that's that's making the most consistent game breaking plays for us. And as far as I'm concerned, you don't you don't move on from the guys that are making the game breaking plays for you, regardless of the position. Yeah, he doesn't add a ton in the pass game. He he's not a good receiver, um, not a very consistent pass blocker. So I, I understand the discussion of oh he comes off the field on third down, but I'm 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 not in agreement with with the idea that he's a replaceable player and that running backs are a dime a dozen and that you have to be overly sensitive to the shelf life. When when a guy's playing, when a guy's dominating, you you reward him for his performance. It's as simple as that. Um, Der- Derrick Henry is still young. Doesn't have a ton of tread on his tires that that a lot of guys could have at that age. Um, obviously, split splitting a lot of work with Demarco Murray his first couple of years, and even Dion getting a lot of work last year in the first eight games or so. Um, definitely kept Derek fresh, and and even in a lot of games this year he was under twenty carries. So it's not like we've been ramming the ball down down his throat all season. 
there's a lot of a lot of there's a lot of uh, tread left on those tires, and I think we should keep keep riding uh, King Henry, the Henry truck, the tractor El Tractorcito. Um, I, I hope to I hope to see in two tone blue for for a long long time. Um, I, so you know we, we're feeling good on our offense right now. We're feeling really good. Offensive line is playing much more consistent football. Seems to be cleaning up the mistakes. Uh, finally, Taylor Lewan, uh, a rare no penalty performance from from number seventy seven. So appreciate that. Although he uh, he was uh, egged on a bit by some of the other D linemen, uh, by Yannick and Calais on, on Jacksonville, some dirty hits from both those guys that were there trying to get a rise out of Taylor because they know that he he's the type to react, but. Kudos to him for keeping calm and, and just and just savoring the the victory, understanding that they were trying to get under his skin. But hard hard to hard to piss a man off when his team's up by 20, 30 points. Uh, so props to the O line. Uh, props to I guess Keith Carter. Why not give credit where credit's due? Still think he needs to go at the end of the year. Same with Art Smith. Um, it's another another conversation for another day. But. Um, uh, you know, we, we, we are definitely improving on, on, on the big weaknesses from, from, uh, from that were plaguing us at the beginning of the season. One, one question mark I do have on this offense, um, and, and I'm not sure if it's, if it's a scheme thing, because I think it's ridiculous that we don't get the ball to our receivers, although A.J. did have a big game. It was only on like four or five catches. He had like 14 targets in in like the three or four games prior coming in, coming to this one, it's just been absolutely ridiculous how little uh, we try to get our receivers the ball. But um, where's Corey Davis? You know, he, he's taken on like maybe four targets a game, number five overall pick. Um, you can make the argument that, you know, he's contributing in other ways with his downfield blocking, which is true, but it's also like who freaking cares? There's there's more to the there's more to the position than downfield blocking. He he seems to me to be the Derek Morgan of of our of our offense right now. Meaning um, first round pick with high expectations, but we're getting like fifth round production out of him. Uh, for whatever reason, we let Derek stick around for like ten years because he was good at run to block run defending. Well, I'm considering um, Corey's pass blocking and run blocking. Excuse me, Corey's run blocking his uh, his run defending. Because really what, what we're paying the guy to do is catch the ball same way we were paying Derek to sack the quarterback. And it's just not happening. Um, you know, it, it makes me wonder. He has only like 48 targets in 10 games this year. Uh, he did miss one game with injury. But that that's under five targets a game. Uh, I, I know that we are still working within like a very, very like bizarre scheme a slow-footed scheme we want to grind it out but to me that doesn't mean you don't try to get the ball consistently and call the number of of a guy who should be one of your top playmakers and is for all intents and purposes the number one receiver on the depth chart um we should be calling Corey's number like eight to ten times a game and it should, and if it's happening is he just not getting open uh it, it's tough to tell but I, I, it begs the question of, like, how do, you, how do you handle a Corey Davis contract situation moving forward? Uh, right now, from a first-round perspective, the 2017 draft, uh, Dory Jackson's been our best first-round uh, draft pick. He played a hell of a game. He played a hell of a game against Jacksonville. Uh, got his nose in there a lot with some great run tackling. Um, and, and he's been playing consistent ball. Uh, he, he Corey is just – it's – it's a surprise when he gets in the end zone. 
Uh, he's definitely not a chain move. He's not a reliable chain mover. He's not a guy that we look to uh, to make a play. I, I'm confused. It, it, he had a huge training camp. It all seemed like, oh, the stars are lining for Corey Davis to really break down, break out this this season. Huge training camp. And he's just been a ghost. Um, don't know if it's a player thing. Don't know if it's the coaches are just seeing, like, maybe he's not that good. Um, I think you can make the argument, oh, if he was on – if he was on a team that passed the ball a lot and really got the ball to receivers, he'd he'd have over a thousand yards easily. Maybe like I wouldn't necessarily be surprised, but you know we're in year three now, and and his his production is just is so minimal. Um, so I I just can't help but think that there's more to the story. So you know Corey, uh, don't know if it's. If it's the scheme, don't know if it's the offense, don't know if it's the game plan, but, like, where are you, man? Where are you? Because, you know, the, the quarterback play can't be an issue or a, a, an excuse right now. Tannehill's, Tannehill's balling. Tannehill's getting the ball out. Tannehill looks to his receivers. Uh, so where, where the hell's Corey? Um, and you just cl- close out on the offensive side of the ball. I, I mentioned earlier that I still want to move on from Mark Smith. I don't want to turn this into a damper. Um, I, I just, I'll just say this, Art Smith, th- this is where you prove if you deserve to stay these next five weeks and these divisional games against Indianapolis and, and Houston, th- this is, this is where you need to prove yourself. Um, because, because this, this is the make or break time of, of our season. We control our own destiny. So up to, up to us to make it happen, up to the players and the coaches to make it happen. Um, but you know, it's going to be more than offense because right now, the past few weeks, offense has really been carrying the team. Is the defense wearing down a bit? Fournette ran for a very, um, a very consistent 24 uh, carries, 97 yards, and two tutties. Uh, and obviously, they were Jacksonville was just they were struggling to score throughout the game. But Fournette played a very solid game, um, albeit the game was out of hand for much of it. Uh, our run defense just seems to be wearing down a little bit. Jarrell Casey, probably his worst season as a Titan. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons, not not really making the the impact, um, which is understandable. Obviously, a rookie still still getting up to game speed, but not making the impact that we saw obviously in his first game against um against the Chargers. Uh, Rashawn Evans only played around like 65 percent of snaps this week. Um, not, not sure, not sure why he, why he was off the field as more than he usually is. Um, but, but even still, it's just not really that dominant defensive performances that we, that we were used to seeing in the first six weeks of the year. Um, really ever since Tannehill took over, um, losing Malcolm Butler hurt, but it's not like we were getting gashed for the year on Sunday. LaShawn Sims also banged up. Josh Kalou had to play a lot last, on Sunday, so We'll have to monitor Sims' status moving forward. That could be a big, big loss if, if Kalud needs to play serious snaps. But obviously, next next man up, just the reality of the NFL. I just I just hope that our defense can can kind of catch up, hope to to that level of level of uh, play that they were playing at the beginning of the year. Do I think that was legit? Do I do I think it was reasonable to think that we would be holding teams to under twenty points a game every game? No. Um, I, I, I still think our pass rush is just really sucks. Harold Landry, I think he's got like eight sacks now in the year. He's looking good. Um, but it, it's just really, if the pass rush isn't generated by him, it's not generated by anyone unless we're blitzing. Um, it's not going to happen overnight. I, I've come to terms that we just don't have a good pass rush. 
Um, but we're going to have to find a way, uh, maybe dial up more blitzes like we were doing at the beginning of the year. We're going to have to find a way to get more, to get to the quarterback and, and, and make things hard on, on the next, the next, uh, next teams we play. Cause we're going to be playing uh, smart guys like Brissett, Carr, Watson, Drew fricking breeze. Um, Defense is gonna have to gonna have to pull their weight in those games. We can't be getting in shootouts every week. Um, it's it's impossible to sustain. Uh, Dean Pease, time time to get the with the boys back in shape. Uh, but like I said, huge game from Midori Jackson against Jacksonville. So props to him. Um, again, we're not getting gashed. No one is getting like beat over and over like a drum. It just needs to be a more cleaned-up unit right now, uh, a little bit more hard-nosed football, a little bit more aggressive level of play. Um, but I'm, I'm confident. I'm, I'm, I'm confident in the defense for, for pulling their weight uh, down in the next five weeks here. So, again, just up, up to, like I was saying, up to coaches and up to players to make it happen. Uh, but before we really close out this out, just to stress the importance one more time on the importance um, uh, of these next five games – I think we need to go four and one. I don't see a scenario in which we make the playoffs um, unless we go four and one with really the only loss maybe being against the Saints. I don't think we can afford a loss against Houston or Indianapolis. I don't see it happening. Um, I I think Buffalo is going to hold down one of the wild card spots. Um, I think that's safe to say. The rest of the wild card race is just so muddied right now. Um, We need to win these divisional games. We need to win these divisional games. Nine and seven might sneak in. I think ten and six with wins in the division get guarantees you guarantees you the AFC South crown, which is what we should be striving for. Um, Indianapolis, we cannot beat the freaking Colts. We're going Indiana. We're going into Indy for the game. They have been struggling with injuries. They're going to be they're going to be without Marlon Mack. Jonathan Williams is. Proven to be a serviceable backup. Eric Ebron out for the year now, but he wasn't really doing much for him at all. T.Y. Hilton probably going to be—he's going to be closer to 100% than he was on Thursday night against Houston. Uh, Brissett has not been the same since his injury. They've become a very, very um, um, unexplosive offense. Um, something that we should be able to contain, but teams, especially against, especially against the Colts, Colts tend to find their way against us. Um, this is a huge, huge test for us. This is. This is going to be the game that that will, you know, help help me as a fan, all of us fans understand. Like, you know, are are we? Is this legit? Are we for real now? Is this run that we're making something that we can really invest in? Because you don't beat the Colts here. I'm sorry, the season's a rat. The season's a rat. We're we're not going to go better than the three and three in the division. We don't beat the Colts once. How am I going to see us beating the Texans twice? Um, we we gotta get the monkey off our backs here. This is gonna be this is gonna be on Vrabel more than anything. This is where he needs to earn that paycheck. You're the freaking head coach. Your job is to win in the division. It's part of the reason Malarkey was fired. It's part of the reason you were brought in. Win in the division. Make the freaking playoffs. Go good to great. Thank you guys for listening and talk to you next week.